Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Guys Who Talk podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Ramsey. Uh, I believe this is now the fourth episode or fifth episode. I think it's fourth episode, uh, I want to say. Uh, apologies for the lack of episodes to it over the recent weeks uh, due to games being postponed, uh, them being away from home and me not having any way of getting there due to snow or coronavirus or lockdown restrictions, obviously. Uh, I haven't really had too much chance to be watching Geisley uh, recently. For example, their last three games have been on the road. Um... Saying that, they were in action on Tuesday the 5th of January, which I know now of it being the 17th of January, that feels like a long time ago. Um, but, yeah, so we won't be talking much about that game, because to be honest, I didn't watch it, and I don't really even know what happened in it, to be honest, other than the fact that a goal from Kevin Roberts was enough to give Chester a 1-0 victory over Geisley, despite the fact uh, that Simon Grand was sent off for a foul on Kane Felix. Looking back at the decision, it didn't really look like a red card from my point of view, which is a point of view wanting Geisley to do well and to win. Uh, and obviously, Chester did, the, did make the decision to appeal this red card, and it did get overturned. So Simon Grant is back in action whenever Chester are themselves back in action next. Um, but yeah, last night, uh, Geisley took place in a late kickoff due to the clearance of snow and making sure conditions were good at the Gateshead International Stadium. Uh, as Geisley travelled up north to the Tynesiders to Gateshead to take on. A Gateshead side who currently, well, they're sat 13th on the table at the time, have now moved it to up to 10th, uh, as Gateshead nabbed a 1-0 victory on the night, a, a game which guys have now lost their last three uh, on a row, in a row, sorry, on the road. All three of them equally 1-0 defeats, one to York, one to Chester, and one now to Gateshead. And in all fairness, Geisley were looking not to get a point out of this game. I don't think they exactly deserved a victory, uh, which I'll get into it in a minute, uh, but... Yeah, they were unlucky to be fair because I feel like they kind of like level each other out. They cancelled each other out quite a lot within the uh, 90 minutes, and guys, you didn't really, didn't really offer much going forward. But then again, neither did Gateshead, other than uh, the odd chance you have to say. Uh, this result means guys, they do not pull away from the bottom of the t- well, the depths of the table, if that makes sense. They had the opportunity to go past Darlington with Darlington being in FA Trophy action, uh, but I believe they won as well. Uh, uh, so yeah, congratulations to Darlow. Uh, and Alfton Town, they, their game was postponed against Boston United, which was obviously a bit of a shame for Boston, uh, for Boston who were ready to make the long journey up to Alfton. Nevertheless, uh, guys had the opportunity to move away from the relegation zone and just, just didn't. They completely bottled it on the night. Uh, saying that, if you look at what's going on in the leagues below, guys, list, so uh, the Northern Premier League and the Eastman League and things like that, uh, it looks like the league could be null and void, meaning that relegation won't exist this season in the National League North and South, like it didn't last season, which eventually resulted in, I think it was Braff Park having, I want to say Blythe Spartans that ended up surviving because of it, but not too sure. Uh, nevertheless, so waiting to see what the decision will be on that, and hopefully then guys who can have a bit more safety and security going forward, obviously a bit less pressure on Marcus Bignett and Russell O'Neill, and you never know, the less pressure might help them to crack on and get some good results on the table, which guys they desperately need. Uh, but nevertheless, talking a bit about the Gates again, then uh, it was a 90th minute goal from Macaulay Langstaff, which ended up being the difference. Uh, a very scrappy goal, you have to say, and one which just the defending of it was not good enough, really. Uh, a ball out wide towards Callum Griffiths, and he just calmly slotted it into the box where there was Langstaff, the substitute who came on and ended up being the hero, as the former York City man just casually like slotted it into the back of the net. Uh, but yeah, the game was underwhelming and a bit uneventful you have to say nothing really special of it a bit of a dull game not one that the neutral will have enjoyed or will be remembered for years to come uh, it started off actually with Geisley completely on top uh, with uh, second sorry just quickly get that up uh, 
yeah, guys are nailed to the lead in the open three minutes. There's a long ball, uh, long throw, sorry, from Reese Kendall, who I'll talk about in a second, the man who signed from Matlock during the week. Uh, he did a long throw into the box, which was blasted over by Matty Gillum from close range. Uh, it was good to see Gillum get a start. He didn't really do much, admittedly, but you feel like there's potential with him uh, to become a really good player. Obviously, you've got Kay Felix, who said... Um, an alright right season you got with me and John Mafula is the main two strikers this season even Adam Haw uh, has come on and made his many of the parents every now and then who we previously talked to in the Guys Who Talk podcast but yeah Matty Gillum didn't really do much but in the opening mate three minutes he did blast over from close range obviously gets had a very good goalkeeper between the sticks in the form of former guys the goalkeeper James Montgomery uh, he's had a stint in the EFL with Forest Green Rovers uh, believe he's I can't, who was it that he played for in the National League I think it might have been Gateshead Oh, something like that, anyways. But he's he's well, he's well known among, amongst the higher tiers of the non-league community for being a very just secure and promising goalkeeper, uh, experienced as well, which is good to see. But yeah, he would always have been di- difficult to break down and to get past him. Uh, but the Lions' dominant start continued as Montgomery was called into action following shots from new signing uh, Thompson, uh, Hamza Ben Sharif, and of course Prince Akpolo, who I was surprised to see start. You never like I discussed this in the uh, guys group chat them before, but. They got, the club should really start producing like a report about who's injured, like an injury just update, if that makes sense, because uh, I thought Prince Polo was injured. But, uh, yeah, obviously, he kept out... I think it was Tom, uh, Ben Sharif, sorry, that hit the crossbar from the original uh, cross which came in uh, from John Lafudo, I think it was. But Ben Sharif's head hit the crossbar, fell down to Thompson. His shot uh, was saved well by Montgomery. And then Prince Polo's uh, final effort was cleared off the line. Some really valiant defending uh, from Gateshead, who were a very... Strong defence in there. I think you, you. I can't remember who were playing now, but I think it was uh, from a Middlesbrough centre back. I think it might have been Daly or something like that. Uh, quick go check. Yeah, it was Greenfield at the back who I was really impressed with uh, from a Gateshead point of view. Thought he had a very good game alongside Nicholson as well, and even Hassani sometimes got back there. Um, but yeah, Gateshead they had a they had a strong start to the game themselves. Obviously, I think it was uh, Black up top just returned from his load spell at rivals Blythe Spartans. But he looked decent. He looked hungry for goals. You can tell he wants to make a positive impact coming to Mike Williamson's side. Uh, had a few chances which he squandered. Which you know, as a striker, you're gonna have those chances which don't quite find the back of the net, and he had quite a few of them. Uh, Nicky Davidix at one point played a through ball to him, which he squared to Greg Ollie, but Ollie was just inches off poking it beh- uh, past Brad Wade in goal. Again, Greg Ollie is one of those players who, let's be honest, he's too good for National League North level. Should be playing at National League level, which kind of shows the ambitions and the sort of stature that Gates are at right now. Uh, with the likes of Greg Ollett and James Montgomery in their ranks. But yeah, Ollett came close to bringing the lead. He's one of those players where he plays more of a wide attacking attacking midfielder. So he pick up the ball and he tries to spread it out to the wings or like there, try to play through ball. Uh, I'll give it to Devidix who he, he works really well with. Or he'll pick up the ball, he'll dribble it. He might go a bit wide, but you know he can cut inside or put in a really good cross. He's one of those players who are very two-footed, if that makes sense. Like he can use both feet to create a chance or just to get that in- extra inch of space, which might end up in a goal but uh, heading into the second half and Brad Wade was tested for the first time really uh, as it was Ollie once again he latched onto a poor clearance but his effort was eventually parried uh, by Brad Wade luckily for Geisler who don't want to make a mistake in a team who are in 20th position you can't afford to be making mistakes uh, if you want to be making sure you don't get relegated or fall into the drop zone because when you fall into that drop zone your mentality goes out the window you know you just you stop you start thinking oh we need to get out of this situation we don't want to let the fans down we don't want to get a relegation in our CVs because a club looking to sign a player at National League North or level, level or something like that they will look at how many relegations a player has had same with a manager if you look at uh, like a job interview or anything like that for a manager they'll look at past relegations and look what went wrong but if you're making mistakes 
then really you shouldn't play at this sort of level. But yeah, luckily that Brad Wade was on hand to keep Oli out. He can't be letting that man have the opportunities. But yeah, Callum Griffiths, again, a former York player in the Gateshead ranks, had a really good game from right back. One of those players who just bursts forward, helps the attack, and then he, you'll see him at the back still just getting back and putting in those tackles which you need from a defender. Uh, he looked to find the opening in the final 20 minutes, but his half volley was wayward of the target. Uh, a lot for guys really who just haven't got going in the second half. They didn't look like they really were woken up, if that makes sense. They were decent in the first half, especially the opening 15 sort of minutes. They had Gates in on their on the heels really, but into the second half and just didn't create anything. They looked like they were settling for the point from the 45th minute, which again, as a club fighting relegation, you can't really be a, well. A club in any position in the league, you shouldn't be fighting for that uh, with 45 minutes to go. But yeah, Griffiths again in a real good game, but. Yeah, Geisley did look to nab a late winner as well for Kane Felix, but as he got the ball, he was kind of forced out wide by Montgomery, who came out and just stopped him from going through and goal. He took it around the keeper, but just too narrow of an angle, which you can't really blame him. You know, Kane Felix is one of the one of those strikers where you always back him in for a goal, but even he probably would struggle from that position. He tried to take it around his man uh, and just put it past Montgomery, but as he was forced a bit wide, forced a bit out of the box as well, his shot just lost lost with sort of accuracy and went out for a goal kick lacks the target uh, but yeah obviously then the final moment came where Gates did nick three points uh, we talked about that briefly but Langstaff's goal really good for a substitute to come on as well obviously make that positive impact that's what you're looking for in him uh, in a player like that especially someone who's quite young like McCoy Langstaff I believe he's only 22 or something like that he's very, not, not old definitely not old uh, could be running about his age though but nevertheless for him to come on for a player like Blackett who had a good game as a striker for him to come on and actually maybe put his name forward to maybe challenge Blackett up there uh, more things for Williamson to think about in the Gateshead uh, dugout and I'm sure he'll be having a bit of a headache with that going forward but yeah that defeat is guys' third consecutive 1-0 loss on the road uh, and they're now winless in 5 which you know not good enough you got to admit questions probably going to start being asked soon of Marcus Bignut and Russell Neal uh, whether joint management's really working for them maybe one of them steps down and one of them takes over I mean I, I'm pretty sure I know what fans would probably want to keep at the club if that makes sense like in terms of players and things like that uh, but yeah I think guys maybe need to just you get to see the players coming in like Reese Thompson is it Reese Thompson I'm not sure uh, I couldn't be wrong about that obviously Liam Tong as well made his debut uh, which I'll talk about in a minute obviously but yeah you know you, you got you should take advantage of the Northern Premier League and Eastman Leagues them leagues currently on a standstill until at least mid-February they should be looking at players in those ranks which is I think it was uh, Paddy Lane of Hyde United has just joined Fazer Celtic on loan. He's a player who should be playing National League North level. Uh, obviously, I think he's only 20, 21 year old and he's a winger. That would have been a great addition to this guy as a team who don't exactly flourish with wingers, if we're being completely honest. Uh, yeah, I think they, they, should, they should have been going for someone like him. They should have looked at these players. Uh, again, just because this will make sense later on, but Kingsley James of Hyde United again. Another player who I think Liam Tong told me deserves to play at his level and a club just needs to take a chance on him that's what it is with these Northern Premier League players and things like that the league below National League North guys they should, the, the club right now the stat, uh, the players have got are currently good enough to be fighting for mid-table look, just looking to try and stay clear of relegation zone right now which they need to be doing more really as a club the, which is just as big as guys because they were playing National League not too long ago uh, yeah, I think they should start looking at non, uh, further down the non-league ladder start looking at players who can potentially come in and if results don't get much better, then they're going to get a problem. And I think Marcus Bignot and Russell Neal, more questions will be asked. 
Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to apologise, actually, because it's Bailey Thompson, not Reese Thompson. I'm sorry, it's just these new signings for guys on China Store. No get to know who is who. Uh, but Bailey Thompson, obviously, made his debut alongside Reese Kendall and Liam Tong, uh, all making their first starts for the club. Um, in terms of how well they did, we'll start off, we'll do each of them individually. Thompson, uh, he didn't really do much, to be honest. He, he's a very tall forward and obviously has an absolutely fantastic record uh, at the league below uh, for Tacaster Albion, who, is, who he joined from. I think he could be a really good player, to be honest. We've seen, we know he can do it from what he did at Tadcaster. Uh, it's just right now, we haven't got enough we haven't got enough creativity going forward in terms of maybe a number 10 role. Uh, so we need like an Andy Kelly or uh, maybe a George... Not George Cantrell, he's playing defence, what am I about? Uh, Ken Felix, maybe even for him or someone, Gabriel Johnson, to make that creativity, to create those opportunities for a, a high-flying, informed goal scorer like Bailey Thompson to put into the back of the net. But he just he lacked the opportunities. Nobody really set him up for success in the game, which is unfortunate. Uh, but alongside him, another debutant was Reese Kendall, and got his name right. He joined a loan from Matlock. Not too sure on the loan is, to be honest. I think it's probably going to be one month, two months, maybe until or if. Uh, Matlock's season does get back underway, obviously, right now it's been halted due to the coronavirus pandemic and the lockdown. Uh, one weapon of his is definitely his long throw. I think that was the thing which instantly stuck to most guys, the fans, how Marcus Bignett and Russell Neal had obviously well, clearly told the team to focus on that and to utilise that to the best, best of their abilities. Uh, you've got players like Thompson, who I think six foot three or something like that. He's very tall uh, in the box. Even a, a player maybe who come up from the back like a Hamza Ben-Sharif and you look for a player like Kendall to use his long throw, get it onto the head of those players, try put it past uh, a goalkeeper like Montgomery. It could be a very dangerous weapon going forward, and I think the club need to utilise that. Obviously, he plays a left-back where guys have got quite a few decent players already in there, such as Nathan Newell and Bill, uh, Brad Nicholson, but Newell, I think he's going to be pushed up a bit forward. I think I prefer him personally in left midfield compared to left-back. He just looks more attacking solid than defensive solid, if that makes sense, compared to Brad Nicholson as well. You kind of have to feel better about because he was playing a lot last season, but this season, uh, I don't think he's necessarily been playing badly. He's just not really had the opportunities. But, yeah, Reese Kendall left-back looks like a solid choice possibly going forward. Uh, he looks good defensively. He looks good going forward as well. Obviously, pushed up to do those throwings and to put some decent crosses in the box. And the final player is Liam Tong. Uh, I think he had a decent start as well. Uh, what will happen, because... Basically, might as well explain this now, but uh, the second segment of this podcast, we will be talking to Liam Tong. Uh, he's a player who recently joined, and I'm lucky enough to have had the opportunity to speak to him uh, as a get-to-know-him sort of segment of this podcast, which is really good to see. Uh, but yeah, he told us in, told us in that bit, bit, basically, how versatile a player he is, how he's played at left mid, right mid, centre mid, defensive midfield, centre back, right back, left back. He's played a lot of the park between midfield and defence, uh, which is something guys that, and just teams at this general level desperately need because you'll see injuries you see players that might test positive for coronavirus or have symptoms uh, and you want to get as many games played as possible so to get a player like Liam Tong in who can play in all over the park is a fantastic addition to the club in my opinion I think it's a brilliant piece of work uh, by Russ O'Neill yeah he had a solid game uh, for guys who didn't really do much but didn't really disappear you can see he's a player who puts in a hard tackle whenever he needs to uh, clearly came up against a good team like Gates they were pushing for the playoffs and he seemed to match them in midfield which is good to see uh, but yeah I think he could be a really good addition to the club um, but yeah of course with Liam Tong as well he'll probably be replacing Milan Butterfield who I believe's loan spell has now expired and won't be extended by Chesterfield uh, obviously it's disappointing because he came in and looked composed and strong on the ball which is something Geisley needed as a sort of tall midfielder in there Maybe want to break up play and always to spread the ball about. But yeah, a bit of just problem that he's leaving the club, obviously. It's very clear he can do it at this level. He is probably above this level. 
uh, was fantastic with Kidderminster to Harriers and he even had a decent start at Chesterfield, I believe. But yeah, he's been a joy to have at the club and I'm sure best of luck for the future from everyone at Geisler AFC. Okay, so moving on then on to the final segment. Geisley are next in action against Alfreton Town this coming Saturday. It's going to be a massive game uh, for both clubs because Geisley, uh, of course, look at the league table. The joint points, Alfreton currently sitting in the relegation zone, Geisley one point out. Geisley do have a much better goal difference, which is something they have, I think it's seven. I'm sorry, I failed maths at GCC level, uh, which wasn't great, obviously. Uh, they have seven, seven better goal difference than Alfreton. They have minus five and Alfreton have minus 12. In terms of Alfton's past games and how well they've been doing, they actually haven't played yet in the new year. The game against Vice Spartans was postponed, the game against uh, Boston United was postponed, and they were actually meant to play Alfton, uh, not Alfton, uh, Hereford originally yesterday, which was also postponed because I imagine Hereford were in FA Trophy action. Uh, looking back at that, they actually haven't won in one, that's what it's out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. So Alfton have not won in eight games. Looking as dire as guys, to be honest, right now. Uh, they've drawn three of those games, including the three free draw against Kettering. Uh, but, yeah, you know, they've not they've not had a good start to the season, let's be honest. The only teams are beating the Telford and Faisal Celtic, who, yeah, it's just, yeah. This looks like a very winnable game and a must-win game for guys who will go into this game with a head held high, I'm sure, having put in a decent performance against Gateshead, who are challenging for the playoffs, uh, and knowing that they have the ability to be able to beat Alfreton, who just look... Well, they'll be um, they won't be match fit having not played a game in the new year. Uh, I'm sure they're saying that they will have had a lot of trading just to make sure they do it. Uh, going to the game looking strong, but yeah, I think guys they've got to come out of this game with three points, so the club could be in serious trouble of falling into the well of going into the relegation zone, which they will do if they lose this game. Uh, obviously, a draw won't be a terrible result because guys would still be out of the relegation zone for the time being, but. Like we say, at the end of the day, it couldn't even matter because we could see these leagues below be null and voided and nothing happen. Although, if uh, if you'll see my interview I did recently with BBC Sports journalist Oli Bayliss, uh, he said about Project Non-League, which would mean that the teams uh, on points per game would get promoted from the Northern Premier League, the Eastern Premier League, uh, the Southern Premier League, all those sort of leagues. The leagues below the National League North and South, they'll be promoted to the National League North and South and teams from the National League North and South will not be relegated, so still it would mean guys are safe. I think that seem, makes a lot of sense, plus it'd be interesting to see quite a few new teams come into the league, obviously. It's going to be a bit boring if in the third season since the coronavirus started, it's just the exact same teams other than, obviously, the relegations from the National League, so those teams who come down and are very likely just to go straight back up, uh, as we're seeing right now with, well, AFC Final actually, not, uh, they're in third position, yeah, they're doing, they're doing good enough, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we'll move on now to the next segment where I had the chance to interview uh, Liam Tong, of course, who came across really well, uh, genuinely nice guy, and I'm sure uh, you'll hear some of the banter that he's got as well alongside him. Uh, very good footballer as well. Hopefully he'll be able to get the uh, get, kick the ground. What's the saying? Is get the ground, hit the ground running. That's it. Hit the ground running uh, at the Nevermore Stadium. And uh, yeah, we'll be seeing the best of him pretty, pretty soon. I know it's not called the Nevermore Stadium, by the way. I don't know why I just worded it like that. Um, but yeah, hopefully you all enjoyed this episode of the of the Guys Who Talk podcast. Enjoy this next segment, and see you all soon. Goodbye. Moving on, then I'm delighted to be joined by new guys who signing uh, Liam Tong. Uh, first of all, Liam, congratulations on your move. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Good, good. Um, how have you been finding things? Have you been settling well at Geisel? Yeah, like I say, it was a bit of a quick turnaround. Um, trained on Tuesday with the lads. Um, got asked to come down, and then. Obviously, we had quite bad weather on the Thursday, which meant um, obviously we couldn't train. So it was a quick turnaround. So it was 
more of a get to know the lads, get to know the management, quickly understand how we play and sort of, like I say, it was nice to be thrown in on Saturday. Uh, obviously, the result was what not what we wanted, but it was just nice to be back playing as well, especially with, like I say, uh, COVID and not being able to play for Hive and things like that. It felt weird packing a football bag for the first time in a few weeks, but it was nice to actually be back in that changing room and, like I say, meeting the lads. Um, the lads were top, like you say. As soon as you meet them, it's mad. Like with fo- Especially with football, the um, you can talk about anything in the changing room with the lads and it only takes 10 minutes and it's like you've known them for a while. So the lads were very... Yeah. I think the management helped with that as well. Yeah. Uh, so how did you actually find out in the first place about the move to Geisler? Um, it came through uh, like a common friend, to be honest. Um, I knew that Russ and Russ had known about me previously uh, based on what I'd done at Hyde uh, the season before. Um, and I think with the situation Hyde was in, in terms of not being able to play and the season very much at a standstill, um, it was probably beneficial for both sides of it meant that obviously I could a, a, I could get guy, uh, game time for Geisley and it wouldn't necessarily impact me on obviously being signed for Hyde because at the moment there's no uh, there's no football being played so I think yeah. it's probably come at the right time in the sense that it works for both clubs because it's not having to sort out loans or people moving and signing different places it was just sort of yeah look and get actually and credit to David Hyde, Dave. He's, um, he's been top of it. He's been very. Uh, he's helped me with a lot of advice, and he's made the process a lot smoother. And uh, the, the, he's made it as good as it could be. To be fair, there was no there was no questions about it, and I think him and Russ have a good relationship anyway, so it made it a lot easier too. Uh, how was your relationship been with uh, Marcus Bignot then and Russ O'Neill? How's my relationship? Yeah, like in terms of yeah, very, uh, how did they help you? How did they beat you with things? Yeah, so Tuesday, very welcoming. Uh, like I say, Russ and Marcus both worked very well together. And it was clear you could see that from Tuesday. Obviously, it's the first time I've met them both. But um, they complement each other very well. Um, the way they want to play football, um, their methods of training and the way they want to play uh, probably suit me. Because uh, it's quite similar to the way Hyde played anyway, so there wasn't a massive difference yeah. in terms of sort of that philosophy of how they wanted to play football and things like that. Um, very welcoming, very um, energetic and motivated, uh, and it was just nice because, like I say, it's always difficult going to somewhere new when people don't know you. But when the likes of the management have took on things that uh, they know about you already and have passed that information on to the lads, it just makes it easier for you to settle in. So. Like I say, I've only met them twice, one being training in a game, but mm. you can just see um, that they're very easy to talk to, very easy going, and the two very experienced managers and very experienced players. So, obviously, for me being still, I'm only 23, it's you learn from what they say and you learn and you pick up on the things. Like I say, Clayton's there as well, um, Paul Clayton's. And again, it's yeah. just something that you learn off and someone that you take the advice that they've learned because it'll make, only make you a better player. So, yeah, very pleased. And like I say, it's been very welcoming. Couldn't have asked it to go any better. Uh, yeah, of course, you've had a chance to meet the players and having played them yesterday and trained with them. Uh, is there any player who's made you feel particularly welcomed? Uh, all of them, to be fair. I think, like I say, it's a very good group of lads. He's quite 
there's a couple of lads who are probably older and a couple of la- uh, quite a lot few lads that are probably my age and if not younger so um it makes it dead easy for you know, to c- talk to people and um especially within the change where everyone's dead welcome like I say you turn up to training people introduce themselves um it's probably the way I would do it if someone new came to a team that I already played for and most yeah. lads do it anyway I think if not every lad does it in football you welcome yourself you welcome that individual in because ultimately they're going to be part of the team if they get obviously signed on which was the case uh yeah of course guys you've got quite a well-known captain you know Hamza Venturi played at a higher level uh have you had a chance to talk to him about your move yeah he's a very good lad like say another person who's very experienced and someone that you need to sort of take on board what he says and what he does uh, you can see his leadership and his motivation even in training on Tuesday the intensity and aggressiveness that he wants people to train at to replicate a game is one of the best I've seen and I think that's probably due to the fact of how successful he's had a career I didn't really know much of him until obviously I, I realized who he was and then I, like I said I just had a look to see where he's played and things like that but yeah. you can see that within the change room people look up to him and he has got that motivation and he has got that determination that sort of spreads throughout the team and it's sort of creating that creating that culture where we want to win and obviously the results haven't gone sort of Geisley's way in the past few weeks. Um, and again, another one yesterday was probably, again, last minute conceding. It's not what we are wanting and it's not what the management want, but I think by creating that culture of being aggressive, working hard, being able to play football, which is, you can see in training and you could see yesterday's game, it's it's a matter of, like I say, getting a few wins and going on a good run. And the league is that tight. It only takes a couple of wins and results to go your way. You can move up three or four places. So, like I say, it's just nice to be involved, nice to test myself at that level. But like I say, Hamza is very, very welcoming, uh, great person to get advice off if you ever need it. I think even if it was outside of football, yeah. he's the sort of person to take time to uh, speak to you. Yeah. Uh, were there any players actually at the club before you joined that you knew? Um, I briefly knew Reese, who joined on loan from Matlock, um, oh, yeah. on the pure basis that um, I played against around Christmas time. Uh, we yeah. played Matlock in a friendly just behind, just before Christmas. So he was someone that I briefly knew. Um, Prince, I played against when he was at Gloucester. Played him in the Premier Cup. He was at Gloucester. And we played him at Hyde. Um, yeah, and I think like football there's always someone that you know that they know so it establishes that common ground quite quickly um there's a few lads that like say have played probably at my in uh, high league and things like that so you've always either played against them or you know of them and yeah like i say knows each other especially in the league you know someone that and it just creates a conversation so it was dead easy to talk to people it wasn't sort of awkward at any any stage and i think that comes down to my characteristics as well being i'm not someone to shy away i'm quite confident and it's the best way to be, I feel like. If you go in and you're a bit nervous, then you can give off a bad you can sort of give off a bad image where if you go in and say yeah. introduce yourself, like say get involved with the lads, the banter, the training and, and apply yourself, then it stands you in good stead. Yeah. Uh I previously talked to a guy who's striker, Adam Hard, I don't know if you had a chance to meet him, uh one of the youth players, but uh, he told us uh, that Brad Wade, the goalkeeper, was the actual DJ in the change rooms. And I've read on some Hyde page that you apparently choose the music in the Hyde changing rooms. Yeah, um, I took charge it last year. The <laughs> season I signed, we um, took over um, 
we decided to get like a massive speaker and I said, right, I'll be in charge of the music just to sort of do it. And I think a few of the lads yesterday were giving Brad stick about the music choice that you've got. So I don't know if the, I think there might be a few people throwing my name in, might be throwing <laughs> in, get my phone out and put my own music on. But um, it's what I'm like, say, music, everyone has different tastes. It's just sort of some sort of music that gets everyone going and it just creates that atmosphere in the changing room. So, Never know, yeah. might, might have to step up as the guys as the DJ, I'm not sure. It depends how long Brad's got. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take a punt if it comes about. Yeah, well, he's only on loan, so never know. After the season, he might be putting your <laughs> name forward there. Uh, we'll sort of move away from guys then onto your past career, because obviously you've joined from Hyde United. I think we'll go from in backwards here, so start off with Hyde. Uh, how much did you enjoy your time at Hyde? I think, have you been there for two seasons now? Yeah, signed for, uh, this was like my second season. Um, Really enjoyed, probably the most I've enjoyed football. And um, I think that was down to, A, being a local lad, but I think it's probably the most I've excelled playing at sort of um, this level. So, and I think that was down to the culture at Hyde and the fans and the management and the players. It was a great environment to be in. And like I say, Gaffer and John at Hyde, they only want to make you better. They don't just want you to be a number for them. They want to improve players and, they put a lot of faith in me. I think in previous years, I've probably been my own worst enemy where I've been able to play three or four different positions and do a job. Um, but when, like I say, when I went to Hyde, the gaffer understood that I was always going to be a centre mid and running from box to box. And I think when he put that faith into me, it really um, let me play with a lot of free will, which is probably why I scored and assisted the most I've done in a season in that position. Um but yeah, like I say, Hyde, fan, it is a fantastic club. The fans, the staff, the management, the setup. there's nothing that you could question in terms of anything being run wrong. And it's a very close community, even down to the junior levels. Like you say, when you turn up for training, the juniors are there. They all, you, you speak to some of them, you speak to the coaches. It's a very closely run community. Um, it's just a shame at the moment, like I say, there's no football being played because I know you've got fans and it's their livelihood, so you get to a weekend and some people whose days are lived on match days, it's sort of mm. been taken away. And I think it's the same for the players as well. You're getting up on weekends and thinking, I should be at football now. I should be playing yeah. games. Obviously, it's a difficult time for everyone, I think. But like I say, fantastic club. And um, it's probably, like I say, the most I've enjoyed my football in terms of developing as a player as well. So... I can't thank him enough for it. Yeah. Uh, well, you briefly mentioned your position there. Uh, I'm right in thinking you played left wing at Marine. You played right back, left back, centre mid and centre back. Yeah. Um, like I said, I started off at Staley Bridge and then uh, due to, I think I was just not getting any game time really. And I was studying in mm. Liverpool um, and a close friend of mine um, said that Marine were interested in obviously taking me on. Um Went in and played, I think I played centre-half for the first month. Um, and then a few injuries took up and I ended up playing as a narrow left winger, probably the narrowest left winger you'll ever meet in your life. Um, I'd played right mid, I'd played right back, I even played left back a few games. Um, and I think just because I'm the sort of player that will do a job for you and regardless of where I'm playing, if I'm working hard for the team, that's the main thing. And uh, like I say, from a personal point of view, I was probably my own worst enemy in the sense that if I really want to play centre mid, 
by really playing well on left wing or at right back, I wasn't doing myself a, a job. Yeah. But if he was doing well and I was playing football, then that was the first and most important thing. So, yeah, a bit of a utility player in that sense. But it's nice, like I said, over the past two years and hopefully the rest of this season that cementing that position as a centre mid and going on to score uh, as many goals and assist as many as possible. That's that's the goal. Yeah. Uh, what would you say your preferred position is then? Centre mid, like I say, I've played a few, growing up, played, like I say, centre half and centre mid and things like that. But I just feel like the way I play now and the way my game is running from box to box and being able to attack and defend, I think centre mid is my, my preferred position. It's, it always has been, but I think over the past sort of two or three years, it's been more clear to maybe management and myself that that is my position. And I think that stems, yeah. stems from, like say, the gaffer at Hyde having the faith in me to consistently play there every week. And I think it paid off with how well I did in the season. Yeah. Uh, I'm right in thinking at Hyde, they play on AstroTurf. Yeah, so a couple of, God, a few years ago now, they had the AstroTurf put in. So um, hmm. it's great for, like say, when the weather's bad and things like that and you're playing at home, you know your game's going to be on. Um, same for training. You're never worried about sort of, is the training going to be on? Is it going to be off? And, yeah, a match day. There's none of that. There's none of that blame in the pitch of bobbles and the pitch cutting. Yeah. So it's it's handy and it, like I say, it's good for the club. Um, being able to sort of hire out the club and uh, hire out the venue and hire out the pitch and things like that it doesn't affect the surface. So it's a good income for the club as well. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you also play for Hyde United Juniors as well, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, many, 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 many moons ago when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. juniors. So, um, like I say, being you, you always kind of had a plan then of sort of getting into the actual first team. It was never something that I really thought about being younger. To be honest, it was um, obviously being from Hattersley. There's quite a few local clubs. You've got the sort of stay in the bridge, mm. Ashton United, Curzon Ashton. They stopped, but there's loads of clubs at different levels, and I think going to stay in the bridge was sort of the starting point, and um. I think it really, I really excelled going to Hyde in terms of from a personal point of view and my performances. Um, and it was just nice, like you say, being someone that's sort of from the area. I think it's good for the club as well, seeing someone that's probably played at a junior level to make it into the first team. And I say this season, we had a few lads from the development and the academy join us and play games for us. And hopefully in years to come, a few of those juniors sort of look at that and go, yeah. I want to be in that first team and it's nice that it was, it was nice because there was probably people part of that Hyde community that and even some of the fans who I used to play football with like say when I signed it was just nice to see lads who I grew up with playing football and now watching me play but still having that relationship of being able to just chat to them after the game as if I'm one of the mates yeah. and I think they say the fans at Hyde regardless of home or away or the result um regardless of who you are, the, the community spirit and, like I say, after a game going into the clubhouse and having a pint or even just a chat with the fans, it's always there. And it was just nice being local um, to sort of, like I say, playing for Hyde. It's a bit, it is a big club and where they've been and what they've achieved is massive. So it was a nice, it was a nice achievement. Yeah. Uh, I just had to look up there. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. In terms of Hive, then, uh, is there any other players who are currently at the club that you believe could also make the step up to the National League North, uh, like you have, for example, during these with the team at playing? Absolutely. I think everyone, um, everyone that has has played for Hyde or well, I've been there, could have hundred percent. I think there's a few lads now. You got like Paddy Lane, Paddy's a young lad, and he's on loan with Farsley. Another lad who could even go higher than that and play in the football league. There's a lot of lads who they say Kingsley James Kings has Kings has probably been a massive help for me personally with the experience. George Fagbola again, someone who's played at a very high level. Kings a very successful level. I think the management, like say John and the gaffer, um, just having that level of experience and the success they've had in their careers, I think it stems through the team and like say these lads in that team now that could easily make the easily make the step up. It's just sort of getting their chance really. And I think yeah. I would agree that the most of them would like to play at that level. Um and I think like I say it's just about biding your time and finding getting that chance and then once you do get that chance and sort of taking it. Um I think for me now I'm at the stage where I want to prove that I can play at this level and see where it takes me. I think if I'm successful and I can prove that I can play at this level, you like to think you could stay at this level or move higher. Um I think these lads that hide there that could hundred percent do it, if not go and play higher and um we had some very good, very quality players there, and I think they'd be more than successful playing higher up 100%. Yeah. Uh, prior to Hyde, then, you was at Sally Bridge. Um, was there ever a bit of a um, strange move for you with them two being rivals? Yeah, I mean, I knew quite a few of the Staley Bridge fans, and um, I think, like say, when I was at Staley Bridge the first time round, I was only there for a few games, um, but due to not playing, obviously, I went to Marine and came back. Um, so it was nice, and that's another club that's very similar in terms of, like you say, good community, the great fans, the great management. It was, I, I had no faults with it. It was just I'd really enjoyed it. Um, Hyde was sort of a new challenge, and it suited me in terms of probably playing more football regular in my position. Um, when it did come about, I did get a bit of stick off a few me, a few of the lads that I know that are Staley Bridge fans. Um, and again, Boxing Day last year, you know, you're going taking a corner and you can see you can see the lads who support Staley Bridge sort of uh. a few pints deep and giving you a bit of stick. But again, it's <laughs> for those lads and I, I don't I don't mind. It's part of the game and I always know it's never personal as well. So it's um it's something you have to deal with in football and I, I presume like I say, the higher you go if anything, the worse it gets because you get more fans, you get more people watching, you get more publicity and like I say, it's, ha- it's harmless and it's a bit of laugh because I know after the game I can go and sit and stand with them and have a beer and everything would be fine and they'd understand why I probably moved. Um, <clears throat> it's just obviously being rivals, they're always going to back their own club but yeah, like, it's um, it's a bit of harmless fun and you just take it you take it on board and have a laugh at it and you have a smile about it yeah uh, in 2016 then you also got players player of the season uh, as a player I had actually written down what, what club was that sorry I had actually written that down I think that was it might have been Staley Bridge that one 2016 yeah uh, oh yeah anyway you got you got players player of the season as a player how does it actually feel to know that your, your peers are rated that highly yeah it's nice to be not like say people say within football that the players play with is probably the one that you want the most because it's the acknowledgement mm. of the people that you play with week in, week out. Um, 
obviously any award that you win is great. I just think that player's player, it's nice to see that how you've performed is actually being reflected by the lads that you play with. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it was, like I say, it's a great achievement and it's one of them, you try your best to, you want to play your best for the team and you want to work hard for the people around you. So, if it's rewarded with at the end of the season with something like that, then you can't really follow. You take, you, you thank, like I say, you thank your teammates and you thank your staff for the support mm. they've given. Yeah, uh, great your career. Then you played at a number of Lancashire sides: uh, Stockport, Georgians, mostly Marine, Stalybridge, Hyde. Uh, how are you like having to? Mm, I doubt mm, to like move house or anything like that to move to a Yorkshire club. No, so I um, like I say I live in Hattersley now and. I uh, I work for Sheffield United Football anyway as a sport tutor. Okay. I teach like the scholars and I've got uh, the community kids as well. We're affiliated with Sheffield College. So um, yeah. the travelling's never really bothered me anyway in the sense of I travel to play football anyway. And obviously, Woodhead mm. and Pass can be a scary, scary, scary place to go when the weather's bad. But um, I think we're... But in normal circumstances and obviously without COVID, you have car schools and things like that. And there's always lads travelling either past you to get to the same place or around you. So, like I say, yeah. it's not far at all. And the travelling's never, it's never really affected me. And it works well with work. So, it's not really been an issue for me. Yeah, well, actually, it's perfect for the next question because I was going to ask what you, what you do as a second job to football. But, um so is you a sports coach for Sheffield Sheffield? I'm a sport tutor, yeah. So I teach the education yeah. to, um, to I have the scholars at Sheffield United and then I have um the lads who signed up to do their education alongside playing football for Sheffield United. So we the lads of the team foundation we're called. So yeah, I finished my teaching degree sort of the back end of sort of March and April last year when COVID sort of kicked in. Yeah, applying um, for jobs and luckily I was fortunate enough to sort of get the job there and it's, just, it's a really good job like I say working with the scholars and working with the community kids and the staff up there and the facilities we have it's um, it's a really nice first job to go in but the support I've had has just also helped me improve in that aspect as well yeah uh, and just for the guys fans get to know you a little bit better then uh, is there any hobbies or anything like that that you're happy to do? Uh to be honest, football's probably the like say football is the main one with um with everything that's not been going on at the moment in terms of football. I have really got into going on my hikes and things like that. Um it's become mm. a lot harder now with like you say, with travelling and not being allowed to go out your area. But prior to that, um going on some decent walks and going finding different locations and reaching summits of different places. Um I think it's, yeah. I think it's quite a quite a common theme across a lot of people because there's not much we can do other than go for walks and exercise outdoors so mm. yeah things like that and like you say reading and obviously my job takes up uh, my time during the days and things like that obviously being full-time and that but it's just having that balance yeah. uh, I'm very much an active person so if it's reading a book exercising going to the gym working whatever it is I'm, I'm not one to sort of sort of sit down and I think that reflects in my personality I think in the change rooms lads will see that I could talk to a brick wall if I was on my own um, I'm that sort of person so yeah I think it's reflected in the way I am on, my, on a day-to-day -day basis 
Uh, yeah, well, thank you very much. That's all the questions that I've got. Hopefully, guys, fans get to know you a little bit better now. Uh, yeah, best of luck for the season. Best of luck on Saturday for after the massive game, to be fair. Um, and hopefully, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, 100%. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And like I say, uh, hopefully, fans will be allowed back in and it'll make it a lot easier to meet some of the fans and things like that. But obviously, given the time, it's uh, a bit difficult. But yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah. And I'll see you soon. Yeah, best of luck for the season. See you later. See you later. Bye.